0: After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans were $15 when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They don't have retail stores or salespeople. Instead, They deliver premium phone plans directly to you. In fact, all plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And at a time when everything is just getting more expensive, it's refreshing to know that I'll only be cutting costs and not quality. In fact, at $15 a month, I'll be saving over $110 every month. You can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan, and you can bring your phone number and all of your existing contacts and ditch overpriced wireless. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash after MLM. That's mintmobile.com slash after MLM. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash after MLM. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower over 40 gigs on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. You guys are always asking me for podcast recommendations, and you know that I love bringing you amazing story-driven shows for you to dive into. Well, I've got another one for you that I think you will absolutely devour, called You Probably Think This Story's About You, right? Think of it as a bingeable pod hosted by your best friend's cooler older sister, The one who's been there, done that, and lived to tell the tale so we can vicariously bask in the lessons learned. Lessons like love, betrayal, and the far-reaching consequences of one man's destructive and deceitful lies. You probably think this story's about you is filled with the same heavy topics you've grown to love as a hunbot or a hunbro. Truth, mental health, relationships, self-discovery, growth, and healing. It's a relatable story of a woman's journey to find the answers she needs and all of the entangled lives she meets in her quest for truth in a complicated tale of love, loss, strength, resilience, and sisterhood. And the show is just beautifully done. You feel like you're sitting in on a conversation versus a traditional hosted show. And I know you guys love that format. Just wait until you meet Kanan. You'll be hooked too. Listen and follow You Probably Think the Stories About You wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we work to end the stigma of failure in an industry designed for you to fail. Hey, Hans, welcome to day two of nine days of holiday magic. I'm having so much fun recording these episodes and talking to people. I cannot wait for you guys to see everybody that we have lined up. I am so excited. I also want to let you guys know that we're going to be doing all kinds of giveaways this month for our nine days of holiday magic as well. And you can find all the information on how to enter on social media or in our Facebook group. We launched the first giveaway on Friday the 3rd, and it is a signed and doodled copy of Cultish from our friend Amanda Montell. You can find that graphic on my IG, both the Real Roberta Blevins and Life After MLM podcast. And the way that you enter is we just want you to share the cultiest thing that you did while you were in an MLM. I'm going to pick my favorites and then Amanda's going to choose the winner out of those. You have until December 9th and every Friday this month, we will be giving away books from our friends. So please stay tuned and uh, and follow along on social media so that you don't miss any of those. Uh, And we're also going to be having some other giveaways. I just haven't ironed out all the kinks yet, but. Stay tuned on those as well. To start off the show, um, I am going to tell you another little story. I know a lot of you mentioned that you liked the holiday magic story on day one. So I'm going to tell you a little story about another scam that's going around right now that I would like you to keep your eyes and ears open for. And that is the secret sister scam. And I know there's some of you right now going, wait, what? What? Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, Secret Sister is actually an illegal pyramid. It's not an MLM, but it is an illegal pyramid scheme. And so I am going to talk to you about the Secret Sister scam, and uh, and how to spot it and how to avoid it, and then what to do if you see one. You'd get a letter from a friend, and you'd open it up, and the letter would say something like, you know, like mail a gift or money or anything to the person at the top of the list, and then put your name on it, and then mail this new letter to a bunch of other people. It was. It was something that happened a lot. Um, I always thought they were really scammy. And I was like, I don't understand how this works. Pro tip, it doesn't. Um, And even as a child, I was like, that's a chain letter. That's a scam. You also would see chain letters in the early days of email where I was like, if you don't forward this email to 10 people, someone will gouge your eyes out while you sleep. You know, like ridiculous things like that. So this all sort of originates from that original chain letter scam. And chain letters tend to be emotionally manipulative. Um, A lot of times it's a get rich kind of a get rich quick scheme or a too good to be good kind of scam. Um, And these schemes cannot be sustained, they just can't. Just like a pyramid scheme, you run out of people eventually. The other thing about a chain letter that makes it kind of unique is that it uses guilt and superstition as threats. To get people to participate which is like when i said you know someone will be by your bedside gouging out your eyes like that's that's a legitimate like superstitious threat that would cause people to be like oh no i need to find eight friends to send this letter off to (laughs) which i mean if you're thinking about it and you really truly believe that like some monster is going to be by your bedside if you don't pass this letter on like you just now have like put targets on the back of all your friends so like that's even really predatory in and of itself if you think about it it's like oh no I have to save myself let me sacrifice my friends <laughs> anyway so with secret sister it looks a little different it's not nearly as uh scary It's a lot more innocuous and it's going to come around this time of year, right? Hey, moms, everybody, you know, you want to get a little bit of something for you kind of thing. And I will definitely put some examples of this in the visual show notes on Instagram so that you can find that find day two and then swipe over to see these as well if you'd like to follow along. But this one says secret sister is back. Last year I got so many gifts. It was so fun. I'm looking for six more ladies interested in a holiday gift exchange. Doesn't matter where you live. You are welcome to join. You have to buy one gift valued at at least $10 and send it to your secret sis. Hello, Amazon. You will then receive six to 36 gifts in return. This is so much fun. I loved sending a gift to a complete stranger, knowing that she would have a bright spot in her day because of what I sent. Let me know if you're interested, and I will send you information about your sister. We could all use some happy mail. Who's in? I tagged a few I thought might be interested, but anyone is welcome to join the fun. Just comment, I'm in. I know you've seen those. I know some of you have participated in those. I know some of you have even posted those. And hey, we didn't know they were scams back then. We know better. We're not doing it anymore. But I want to tell you why and how this is a scam, because I think there are still people out there that are like, but like, I'm sending a gift. I'm getting a gift. Everybody wins. I don't understand. So basically what happens when you do these secret sisters is you get a list and that list is going to include several names. What you do is you take the name of the person at the top of the list Usually it has their address because like, obviously, how are you going to send stuff to people if you don't have their address? And most likely, this is someone who is like a friend of a friend of a friend is a complete stranger to you. And now you have their home address. So that's kind of a red flag just to think about right there. So you send a gift to the person at the top of the list. Oftentimes, this is like a bottle of wine, a book, some sort of like gift, you know, (laughs) like something you picked up at Ross on the way out. Uh, and then you remove the person from the top of the list and then you add yourself to the bottom of the list and you shift everybody up. So essentially you're now at the bottom of the list and eventually if this is sustainable and continues, you eventually will hit that top spot. And when you hit that top spot, you are now the secret sister that all the random people that you don't know, but are friends of friends of friends of yours will be sending this gift to, right? Right. So you add yourself to the list and then you send it off to six friends and you hope that the magic works so if and that is a huge if if everyone successfully repeats this process at the end you could end up with 36 gifts right so you send it to six friends there's six different cycles six times six is 36 and a lot of people tend to think that this looks better than a traditional secret Santa, because in a secret Santa, you buy one gift and you exchange it so you get one gift, right? Buy one, get one. In a secret sister, the theory is that you buy one gift and you get 36 gifts. But what a lot of people don't question is the next step. Where do the extra 35 gifts come from? because you're not just like manifesting extra gifts into this game. Like there are other people buying those gifts. So if you put in one and you took out 36, that means there are 35 women that will get nothing. So where did Secret Sister even come from? Um, I, I, I did a little bit of research and It looks as though Secret Sister gained popularity on Facebook in 2015 and has sort of just been a holiday feed staple ever since. Only a quote unquote handful of participants have even claimed to even receive a single gift, Um, which is odd to me. You're going through this whole thing. You're sending out your information to people you don't know. You're putting your name on lists. You're buying presents for people you don't know, and you're hoping to get something in return just go out and treat yourself. You don't need a ridiculous secret sister gift exchange to get a gift. Like you don't have to participate in scams. Like just go treat yourself. Stop believing that that is selfish, that is self love and go treat yourself to something nice. Just treat yourself and get what you want and stop pretending that you wanted some bullshit decorative soaps and candles. Plus, if, if everything I've said so far, you're still like, hmm, but I still want to do it, listen to this. According to the US Postal Inspection Service, participating in this is an illegal form of gambling, which duh, we knew that. But by playing this game and sending things to people, you are also committing mail fraud. And like I said, you are putting your personal information at risk. Also, the FTC and the Better Business Bureau warn that Secret Sister is a scam. So what do you do? What happens if you see posts like this? Well, the first thing you can do, which is the easiest thing to do, is to ignore it. Do not engage. Don't even like the post. Just ignore it. That is one option. The second option is that you can report it. I have all the links to report fraudulent things in the show notes of every episode of this podcast. So you can find all of those links there. You can report it. If it's somebody that you love and it's somebody that you think genuinely has no idea what they're doing, explain it to them. Let them know that what they're doing is illegal and is not smart. And then let them know that they can take that $10 that they're going to send to some random person And use it to treat themselves or someone they love to something nice instead. Never, ever, ever give your personal information out to strangers ever. I don't really think I need to say that, but I'm going to just in case. And make sure that when you see these things and make sure you know what red flags and false claims look like so you can not only catch them before you fall to them, but you can help prevent others from falling for them as well. So the moral of this story, skip the secret sister, talk to a couple of friends and say, hey, let's do a secret Santa or a secret gift exchange instead. There are different products and services out there that can help facilitate that. If you're like, that seems like a lot of work. So, um, you know, know that there are resources out there to have really fun gift exchanges this holiday season. And please make sure that you are not falling prey to these scams, frauds, flim flams, and hustles enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. Today, we have the amazing Jessica Hickson here to talk to us about her time in MLM. So Jessica, please introduce yourself, tell us who you're with, and and we'll get into it.
1: Cool. Well, I'm flattered that you called me amazing. Thank you. Uh, People have been asking for us to chat for, like, since you were on that documentary, people were like, "Uh, you guys need to talk. Come on. But uh, yeah, I was with It Works for five years. I got to um, Triple Diamond, which is the third from the top of the company. Um, I think I want to say it's like the 0.2%. Um,
0: I was with them for five years. Five years is wild. Triple Diamond is wild. All of that is wild. We're definitely going to get into all of that and what it took and, and everything. Um, but first, I want to start off with where you were in your life, like when it works. came in and looked like a viable option for you. So if you
1: ask my like former HunBot self, I will tell you that I like turned down all these other MLMs, but I never had anyone reach out to me to join an MLM. So just a little offended that I don't look like a boss babe, but you know, other than that, I never got reached out to. Uh, I, my husband had joined the military. We went to our first duty station and we had built up our savings to like some somewhere around like $7,000 while he was at basic. And we just thought like we're set for life. We were very young and naive and it lasted obviously like a couple months. So I was like nannying here and there because we were sharing a car. And so it was just a lot to have to take him in, you know, go do my nanny stuff, come back, get him. And it was a lot. So I saw my friend posting about it works and she was posting about all these like $100 bonuses that she was getting. And at that point, she was like talking about she received $1, $100 bonuses. And I was like, well, I know her personally. And I know that she wouldn't be lying about that. And like $1, $100 bonuses, if I'm doing the math right, that's like $1,000, which is like more than I'm making at my nanny job. <laughs> so I contacted her about it. And yeah, she was basically like, I got these hundred dollar bonuses for helping other people make money. And it all went uphill, I guess, from there. (laughs) So how old were you at this point? I
0: was, let's see, probably 24,
1: maybe 23.
0: So just young, naive and, and looking for all of the answers. And it works as like, we have all of those. Come on, join us.
1: Yeah, pretty much. And it kind of works out in my favor. I get the question a lot. Like if people don't aren't successful unless they get in early, then why were you successful? And part of that was like, I didn't have any kids at the time. So one, I was able to just put all hours of every single day into it. Uh, Also, I had a fitness following already. I was passionate about CrossFit and I was I was bringing everyone along my journey with me. And so a lot of people followed me for that already. Um, And so when I saw this opportunity to capitalize on people who are already following me for my fitness journey, I was like, oh, health and wellness products, perfect. And so I didn't start where a lot of people start. I grew very fast because I had that following built already. A lot of people who join them, they have to build that following.
0: Yeah. And, and here's another thing is like, you're already being this influencer. Like you want to be an influencer. You're showing your journey. You're like, I'm doing CrossFit. I'm working out, follow me, check me out. So when a brand comes in, not really probably knowing very much about what it takes to be an influencer and what that actually looks like when this brand comes in being like, Oh yeah, you can use this in your business and you can make money like an influencer. I see that all the time with MLMs saying, Oh, it's just an influencer position. If you don't know, you're like, this is what this looks like. Influencers share brands and make money. I'm sharing a brand and making money. This is totally legit. This is totally what I want to be doing. Let's go.
1: Yeah. And at that point I didn't, I didn't know that like helping other people do it was a bad thing. Like I put two and two together that the way to make money in it was to bring people on probably like my second or third month in, I told my upline, I was like, Oh, I I get it. Like You make most of your money when you bring other people on. And she like gave me a weird answer. She was like, yeah, yeah. You know, you could tell that made her really uncomfortable. I didn't put two and two together. I didn't like know that that was a bad thing. I genuinely was like, cool. I get to help all these people make this money. Sweet. And I get to make money while
0: doing it. I thought it was the best thing ever. Right. Same. Because I was also seeing success almost instantly. So for me, I'm like, if when people say, Hey, I want to do this. I'm like, of course you do. Let's do this because I'm thinking it's easy because it was working for me. So it totally makes sense in that situation. That somebody that's, that's, you know, following the rules, following the checklist, seeing the results, because you just happened to get lucky mm-hmm. and it worked for you that you think, wow, it actually is a system that works. Yeah. <laughs> I so genuinely fluctuating it.
1: Yeah. I genuinely was like, why isn't everyone doing this? I don't understand. Like, why isn't anybody else? Like, why aren't people just like jumping on this opportunity? I even remember saying to my team, like, there are so many girls on Instagram, these like cute little blonde girls, you know, sorority girls who are just sitting on a gold mine and they have no idea. Like, I genuinely believe that these people were fully capable of doing exactly what I did. I was so oblivious to like the entire picture
0: as a whole. And that is like so brilliant of you to even mention, because I know that there are people out there that genuinely feel that way too, Mm -hmm. and genuinely think they're helping and have no idea this really nasty butterfly ripple effect that MLM has on people. They really do genuinely think they're helping. Mm -hmm. I think even like to the point
1: of like, I've touched on before my issue with people using their traumatic experiences to recruit people into the MLM, which I'm guilty of doing when I was in too. And I think what people on the outside are like failing to realize is that these people probably do actually believe that they're helping those people who are in those situations. Like it's hard to understand from an outsider who's never been in that situation, but when everyone around you is telling you the same thing that you're helping these people, you're doing what's best for them and those are the only people that you're surrounded by, you're going to start to believe that. And that's also the stuff that you're teaching other people. So then you start to believe it even more because you're, you've seen it change other people's lives too, but the, you know, the majority of people's lives don't get changed by it, but you've seen people who do get their lives changed by it. So if, if they're not getting their lives changed by it, it's a them problem. It's not because like the problem or not because of the uh, MLM isn't working.
0: Right, that, wow, yeah, absolutely. That rhetoric is like everywhere in MLM and people really do genuinely believe this. And it's like, we talk about cognitive dissonance all the time and that's what that is, is that little voice that's saying, this is not right, this is not okay. And so many people ignore it. There's a video that just came out on YouTube the other day. It's LuLaRoe, I need to make a TikTok about it. It was LuLaRoe's like inspirational we are family, we are a team, everything you've ever wanted and it's like this like uh, like a smoky quartz filter on everything and it's all these retailers on the tops of these like bluffs and hills like staring off into the <laughs> into, like the clouds and the wind and then like looking into the camera and it's like, we are them all of this. And it literally, and it says something And it. This is, I don't know exactly verbatim what it said, but it basically called your cognitive dissonance, that pessimistic little voice in your head. Oh yeah. And I was like, Oh my God. Or it's, it's the,
1: it's the devil. It's the devil trying to deter you from like the biggest blessing of your
0: life. <laughs> For me, I'm just like, how, how the little Jiminy Cricket is like, this sounds like a bad idea, Yeah, (laughs) but the video says that they're my family. So it's just, it's wild to me.
1: (laughs) I was just actually talking to the creator I was collabing with before this, and we were talking about how it was always... We were always taught to create this like sisterhood, like to portray it as if everyone was your best friend and you just have the most supportive community around you. And there's no way you could fail because everyone is supporting you. Everybody's positive. But then on the other hand, like, I don't know if you guys did this in Lulu Rope. We would all like pitch in and buy gifts for like somebody's birthday or if they had a baby or whatever. But if that person didn't post about that gift that they received from their like ever so loving team, then they never got a gift again. It was like, we were giving gifts because of like how it looked when we gave them, like it made us look like the most bonded sisterhood because we were buying gifts for people, but we felt like it was selfish and that they didn't appreciate it if they weren't posting about it.
0: (laughs) Wow. Um, no, I mean, people did give gifts and I'm sure there was that whole, like, if you didn't say thank you appropriately, there was that excommunication. Well, you're never getting a gift again. I'm sure there was that. I personally never experienced that, but that is wild, Yeah, surprising, but not surprising at the exact same time. Um, it's how I feel about people who make a big, huge stink on Facebook about how like they ch- they donated a charity or they're doing something really good for other people. And I was like, why do you need to tell everybody about it? If it really is something that you just want to do good for yourself that makes you feel so good, you don't really need to post about it. right Or at least make a big, huge show. I mean, if you go do something and you want to post about it to remember it, then sure, share photos and be like, what an amazing experience, but you don't need to add and we donate and so many things, you know, you don't need to tell everybody how good you are. Just, just be a good good. one every day and people
1: will just see it. Uh, Just speaking of like charity and stuff, how, I don't know if your MLM did this, but it works with take advantage of people's um, desire to give back And so they would, like, incentivize different, like, mission trips or, um, like, when they're asking your why and they're, like, digging deep into your why, it wasn't strong enough until it got to a point where you're crying and you're thinking about things like, I want to adopt a child from Africa. I want to, you know, go on a mission trip to Haiti, you know, these very deep things that you're really passionate about. But the only reason that they want you to dig that deep is because you have more incentive to work harder and do whatever it takes. If you're working for something that you're extremely passionate about and that, you know, will help other people,
0: which is so sad. Wow. Yeah, that is um, that. Wow. That is so manipulative. Did you guys have,
1: if your why doesn't make you cry, it's not strong enough kind of thing? It's it's a book by Simon Sinek and it's called Start With Why. I didn't Start, know what it stemmed from. Yeah.
0: Well, in LuLaRoe, we we talked about our why and they had us read this book called Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Now, I don't know if the why movement is something that this person started or he wrote a book about, like, I don't know what came first, the chicken or the egg, but the why is something universal across... MLM and I'd never heard of it until I was in an MLM. And then I see every other MLM talking about their why. And it really is kind of almost like an MLM dog whistle for me now, where I'm like, oh, they're in an MLM. (laughs) They're talking about their why. But their why, and we have talked about this in previous episodes where we played the why game, where you ask people their why, which is why are you doing this? Like, what is the ultimate why? And we would play this game in LulaRoe where you would say, What is your why? And then somebody would say like, my, why is my children? And then you're like, why? And they're like, because I want them to have the best things. Why? (laughs) To the point of tears. Absolutely.
1: Yes. Yeah. That, that was a game that we also played and um, it wasn't over until you were crying and you weren't allowed to like, you weren't allowed to like comfort the person. The only thing you were allowed to say is Why? And so you couldn't like, it's so funny because we just went over this on the, the video that I just filmed with the other creator, but we have a video of us talking about it, about how, like you need to dig deep enough that you're crying. So keep asking that why until the point that they're crying. Um, and then after the game is over, you can like console them and stuff, but otherwise just say
0: why and that's it. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. It definitely is something that I've never, ever experienced anywhere outside of MLM this whole, like, why are you doing this? And it really is just psychological manipulation. 100%. It's the same as being like audited in Scientology, where they're just asking you these questions. You're like, why do you need to know this? Yeah. Because I can manipulate you with it later.
1: Exactly. They want to have that blackmail later that they can be like, you know, if you're taking a step back or whatever, not working as hard as they want you to be working, they can be like, but you told me that this was your why. Do you not care about your kids?
0: Because you told me that's the reason why you're doing this. Wow. So the other thing that you mentioned um, is basically like that suspension of disbelief, right? Like when you're doing those mega dreams, when you're dreaming as big as you possibly can, when you're doing your why and you're getting deeper and deeper and, and you, you think your why is for your kids, but what it's really actually is for the, the orphans in Guatemala is what your real why is right. When you get to these places. The MLM is basically having you suspend disbelief. Like this is an attainable goal. You can reach this ridiculous goal And once you start there with your why, because you're like, I have purpose for this goal. This is an actual purposeful goal that is a passion of me that I actually would love to be able to do one day. If you can suspend disbelief on that one, then you can suspend disbelief when I say, what are you going to buy with your first bonus check, Jessica? And you're going to be like, Disneyland passes for my children. you're like, your little cognitive dissonance is like, you don't even live in California. What are you doing? Or you don't even live in the place that you're doing but I've always wanted to do that. It's like, what really? Is that something you've always wanted to do? And then it just goes from there and you suspend disbelief even more and more and more until like we had on an episode recently, you want to buy your mom a vacation villa in Italy. And that's just like, this is what I want to do with my money.
1: Yeah. And then once you've like gotten to that point, you're willing to stick it out longer than you normally would have because the like the incentive for you to stick it out to hopefully buy your mom that villa in Italy is like you've got so much more drive to do that when you have a bigger why. So people oftentimes will hang on longer than uh, they normally would because they have something driving them.
0: It is absolutely a psychological mindfuck, all of it, and it's all cult tactics, which we learned all in the month of November. It's all cult tactics. And they All use it so successfully to keep us trapped way longer than we ever should have been trapped. Now, when
1: you were in Lularo, did you like, did it ever cross your mind that it could be a cult? Because I know when I was in, it was like. I laughed about it. Like we made fun of it. We're like, yeah, we're cult sisters. You know, like it never crossed my mind that it genuinely was. I never thought I was brainwashed. I never thought I was like doing harm to people. I thought it was all good. Of course, there were red flags, like negative things, but it was really easy to shut off because I had so many positive experiences in there as well. So did that ever cross your mind?
0: You know, there was a meme that went around uh, in the height of like 2016, 2017, when I was in, and it was like a picture of Luluro leggings. And it was like, I think I <laughs> said, I think I joined a leggings cult and I'm okay with it. <laughs> and it went around everywhere. Yeah. I even myself probably posted it several times. Being like, come see what all the fuss is about on this Friday sale, you know, dumb stuff like that. Really ridiculous stuff. Um, and I've got friends that have been in cults Uh, I've got friends that are anti-cult and speak out against cults. And they were my friends way before I was ever in MLM. I never saw the cult signs until the psychological aspect started to get to me. Um, I could suspend disbelief and ignore my cognitive dissonance when I was getting cruises and leadership Mm -hmm. bonuses and getting to go to Disneyland for launches and things like that. But eventually the psychological aspect of it could, I, I couldn't ignore it because it was actually happening to me. I was having panic attacks. I was freaking out. I was yelling at my kids. I was becoming this horrible person that could not control my emotions and could not regulate myself. And I was like, what is happening to me? Um, and it was at that point when I started realizing like, this is dangerous. And then just really sitting down and watching Leah Remini's show And just watching it and being like, oh, my God, I have an example for everything that they're talking about that happened to me in LuLaRoe. I think I'm in a cult. Like, I'm in a cult. I was still in LuLaRoe. I believe I was still in LuLaRoe at the time. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm in a cult. And then I knew for sure, like, I need to get out of this.
1: That was uh, very similar to, like, it was toward the end of my time with It Works, but I was still very much in but my husband and I were watching the Nexium documentary because we were like, oh, like, I want to learn about this cult that was like one, once MLM. And then we're watching it and like every, like the entire thing, we're just looking at each other like, this is very similar. This is very similar. What is happening? And then it, it clicked with me. I was like, oh my God, like all MLMs are this. They all start out like this, and then they progress to stuff like Nexium. Like, and then there was one. Um, I had a Doctor Phil episode show up on my YouTube, like my suggested page, because I love learning about cults, and I look up cult stuff all the time. And which is very ironic now, but uh there was one that popped up about the cult called love has won I don't know if you've heard of that one but like it, it was yeah, they found her the leader's body in a very weird gruesome way but what stuck out to me was that this lady they called her mother god and I was like okay hold on a second like our ceo is called coach and the uh, the co-founder they called her queen and so I'm like hold on a second like mother, God, (laughs) queen, like there are just a lot of
0: similarities here. My sister has been telling me about that one. She was like, you have to watch it. There's a dateline about it on the DVR. So I'm going to check it out. Definitely. Now that you've said it too. Yeah. Okay. There's been more than one reference to this in the last 48 (laughs) hours. All right. I'm watching it.
1: Yeah, you have to. It's a good one. I love learning about cults, which is very It's very
0: fitting me too. And I was like, Oh
1: my God. And it's so funny because like, we love learning about cults, but we didn't like, like consider the fact that maybe we were a part of one. And that just goes to show like how powerful these tactics are that they're using and they use them in cults. (laughs)
0: Absolutely. And that is such a lesson for everybody listening. Like we were obsessed and we still joined one because it didn't look like the ones that we were obsessed with.
1: Exactly. They come in
0: all shapes and sizes. Oh my God. So let's talk about you moving up that ladder because I know there's a lot of people that listen to this, that were quote unquote, they call themselves the small fish and the MLMs, the ones that tried and failed quote unquote, the ones that were like, I did everything they said and I still couldn't sell a lipstick. I did everything they asked and I still couldn't get somebody on my team. So Let's talk about what that actually looks like, because I know that there's a lot of FOMO and like I wasn't a top dog and I really wanted to be, but I think a lot of people don't understand what happens at those really top levels. Some of you dodged a secondary bullet. So (sighs) let's talk about that, what that looks like and what that took.
1: Yeah. So I too had the FOMO until I got there. And then I was like, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. So basically, I I, a lot of people have that question of like, why? If you didn't get in early, why are you successful? But I think a good point to touch on is that social media really changed the game for MLM. So you didn't have to get in early, you had to get in early to like the social media movement part of it. And so I got in pretty early on in the social media part of it and grew from the base rank to the Let's see, fifth rank of the company within like six months. So the thing with MLMs is if you grow quickly, the, with our MLM anyway, the residual income doesn't have a chance to drop off yet. And so when you're growing quickly, you have the momentum, but then these auto shipments start slowly trickling off. And so you lose rank quickly. So if you take your foot off the gas for even a second, then everything's crumbling. So I climbed to whatever rank, fifth rank or so. um, And then I sat there for three years, um, just playing catch up, running in this hamster wheel, um, trying to figure out what I'm doing wrong, because I was a mass enroller. I had, you know, 800, 1,000, 1,200 people underneath of me. Like, why am I not making it to the next level? much less sometimes not even maintaining my rank at that point. So I spent three years doing that.
0: And then... Um, Question my, really quick. Yeah. So you basically spent three years replacing the cards in your house of cards as they slowly fell out. You'd lose somebody, you'd have to build it back up to not lose that leg. Is that what was happening for those
1: years? Yeah, yep, exactly. So um, our auto shipment for our customers was a three-month period And so, um, every three months or all the time, basically, because I was consistently enrolling, so they would just be falling off as quickly as I was enrolling them because most people didn't stick it out past the three months and the same with distributors. I'm sure. I mean, I don't know. LuLaRoe had a, had a like huge buy-in. So I could imagine that distributors don't fall off as much in LuLaRoe, um, but, in our company, it was like maybe one out of every 10 distributors stuck around for more than three months. So once you found a distributor that you could like, quote unquote, run with, then, um, then you were good to like build that momentum there. But then as soon as you got that other leg started back up, then the other leg would start crumbling. So it was just constantly a game of catch up. So if you don't sprint to the finish line and get there quickly, you're most likely not going to get there. Go I have ahead. this
0: image in my head of like you building sandcastles at the shoreline. And every time the water goes out, you're like, oh, look at my beautiful sandcastle. And then the water comes in and washes it away. And you're like, crap. And you're Literally. just constantly rebuilding this over and over and over and over again. It's like the definition of insanity.
1: Yeah but they have a way of like building this belief within you that if you just get to a certain point, you won't have to do that anymore. And so I kept trucking along and kept doing it and kept manipulating my team and manipulating my customers to, to get there. And then my fourth year in is when I reached the triple diamond. Um, and it wasn't what I thought it was. Like I thought, you know, I get to the, that was the first VIP rank. So it was the first rank that you got like your own, um, like back office assistant, basically it was the first rank that you got to sit in the VIP section that you got to walk the stage. Like it was, they made it out to be this dream life. It was the, the point in time where you're no longer financially struggling. You get to live whatever life you want to live. Your husband's retired. Um, it was the dream life. And then I got there. And I realized that at the top, it's just a bunch of like a lot of backstabbing, a lot of lying and manipulating, a lot of omitting the truth, a lot of uh, putting on a face of someone that is not you. Um, I remember I was at a leadership retreat and our upline was telling this story and it was about a time that she had hosted another leadership retreat and she was telling us how at this leadership retreat, the CEO announced like top 100 or something. And she was like top 10. And so the, the husband comes in the room with this room full of leaders and he comes in the room. He goes, wow, top 10. And we're still fucking broke. Cool. And I was like, okay, so, so they're top 10 and they're still broke. Like but they're portraying this life of luxury. Like they are set for life from the outside, but they're top 10 and they're still broke. Like something's just not adding up here. And I realized when I got to that level, I was never top 10, but I realized once I got to the leadership levels that like a lot of it is first of all, catching up from the money that you're putting in to maintain these ranks and achieve these bonuses allegedly And also a lot of just portraying a life that isn't you, that isn't real, like a lot of debt to portray this lifestyle and keep up with the Joneses, you know, like it's fake. It's all fake.
0: Absolutely. So you being a triple diamond at that level uh, and in communication with other triple diamonds and above, how many of those people that you saw, talked to and experienced were happy?
1: And zero, zero percent of those people. And actually the thing is when I started speaking out about my experience, um, I had talked to other top leaders and it works who still have not left, but the reason that they say they haven't left is because they feel stuck. They feel like they've built this life for themselves. And now if they just let it go, their life will amount to nothing. Like when you're a part of an MLM, especially in the top percentage of the MLM, the, the business becomes your identity. Like you feel proud of what you've accomplished and you feel, um, worthy, you know, and then when to think about that, not existing anymore, and to not only not have self-worth or feel proud of what you did, but not have all of your so-called friends anymore. Like your entire friend group would be gone. Uh, what you do on a daily basis would be gone. It's a really hard concept to grasp that there is a better life on the outside because you can't, you can't imagine a better life because your entire life revolves around the MLM.
0: Absolutely. There's so much sunk cost fallacy, whether it's monetary or emotional, there's so Mm -hmm. many costs that you've put into this, right? You have however long, right? You said you were in for five years. So for five years, you devoted all of your time and your energy, your life to this. It became your identity. You were the it works girl. Oh, Jessica says that. ask her. She knows yep. people came to you because that's who you were. And so yep. I could imagine that these people at these levels, it is their entire identity. They're like, I know it's a scam. I know it's fake, but I've literally been telling everyone for five years that it's not. I've been lying to everyone. I love everyone who trusts me anything I can to maintain this ridiculousness that I've gotten myself into that I don't know how to get out of. I'm stuck. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to get out of this. And honestly, it's really hard. It's really hard to get out of, especially if you count on the money that you are quote unquote making in it.
1: Yeah. Um, that's a really good point too, because That's something that I struggled with, too, when I was like on the fence about quitting and not quitting, not only like the friendships, the financial, all of that. But the fact that I had convinced people for five years that this was the way to a happier life and that it was not a scam and like talked down on the people who said it was a scam and, you know, praised these products for all that they've done for me. And then to admit that it was a scam and that virtually no one else in my downline was successful like I was, it was like, I don't know, it was like a punch in the gut. My, my ego, it, my ego had a hard time taking that. And I uh, dealt with like a level of guilt for the people who I had brought in, um, the people that I had mo- manipulated into uh, believing that they could do what I did knowing what it took to get where I got, and that it probably wasn't possible for most people, I dealt with a level of guilt there. And to the people that I shamed because they wanted to leave, or the people that I, you know, talked down on because they weren't working their business hard enough or as hard as I would have liked them to. And I've since talked to those people and we've apologize to each other. And we both understand the mindset that we were in, but I definitely dealt with that for a really long time. The guilt that came along with leaving.
0: Absolutely. Me too. There was so much guilt of like, I convinced this person through my actions, not even my words, but my actions, that this was a viable option. And by doing that and perpetuating those things, you know, faking it till you make it and perpetuating these ideas you're basically manipulating the people that love you and trust you because they're watching you do this. And they're like, Jessica would never lie to me. Roberta would never lie to me. And we honestly didn't think we were lying either. You know, in we the thought right it beginning. was like in their best interest. Absolutely. And then by the time you get into that point where you realize you're lying, that's when y- I really stopped even trying on the other end because I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't perpetuate this because I knew what it was. Yeah. So if you see someone, maybe a small fish who's still excited about it, they probably just don't know yet. Yeah,
1: for sure. I have a question about Lularoe, if you don't mind. Oh sure. So, I, I feel like most people join MLMs because they're like at like it's like their last ditch effort to be financially free. So like joining it works, it was a hundred dollars and they would have deals where it was $50 or whatever. So you could justify that to, you know, make more money get your return. How did pe- like, I don't know that I could have ever come up with just like five grand to put down on something and justify that, like <laughs> justify that in an effort to like, hopefully make my money back. Like a hundred dollars, $50 is different, but I feel like LuLaRoe is really expensive to buy into. Were people putting it on credit cards? Did people just have that money laying around? Like, how did that work?
0: I remember when I first got access to the internet in 1994. I was 13 and it was the digital wild west. I was one of the only kids in the neighborhood with an internet service provider. So slumber parties at my house on weekends lasted well into the early mornings hanging out in creepy chat rooms. And I didn't even grow up with the internet the way today's kids have. Now, as a mom, I can only imagine what it's like for them to have that sort of all-access pass without the life skills and experiences to balance it out. We've had many conversations about what content is and isn't age-appropriate online, but with today's peer pressure, those talks only go so far, which is why I wanna tell you about Gab. Gab is the leader in safe smartphones and watches for kids, teens, and tweens. No social media apps, no internet browser, and it's got GPS tracking. Gab devices were built from the ground up With smart filtration that proactively blocks harmful content before it ever reaches your kid, it's a great way to keep safely connected. The phones and watches are still tech that kids actually want. Abby's got the Gab watch and she is loving it. There's unlimited talk, text, clean music streaming, and over 100 third-party apps that can be installed at the parent's discretion. This is the absolute best time to check them out because right now, Gab is offering $25 off any device to new customers with no contract required. That's $25 off any Gab smartphone or smartwatch. Just go to gab.com slash MLM. That's where you'll get the best deal. That's G-A-B-B dot com slash MLM. Gab dot com slash MLM. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. As your kids get older, some things about parenting get easier. I got really lucky with Abby because she is super self-sufficient at 12. She can make her own food, clean up after herself, and I rarely have to hound her about schoolwork. But other things don't, like having hard conversations about money and teaching financial responsibility. The fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money until they're actually in charge of it. And that's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and a money app that's made for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on their kids' spending and saving. And the kids build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. They learn how to save, invest, and spend wisely thanks to games that teach money skills in fun, accessible ways. The Greenlight app also includes a chores feature where you can set up customized chores and reward kids with allowance for a job well done. Nowadays, this is much safer than carrying around a plastic bag full of babysitting money that you're planning to spend on the newest casingle. Millions of parents and kids are learning about money on Greenlight, including us. It's the easy, convenient way for parents to raise financially smart kids. Sign up for Greenlight and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash MLM. That's greenlight.com slash MLM to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash MLM. School is almost out. The sunshine is on its way and I am embracing cute mom summer with some brand new items from quince.com. I just got finished shopping and I cannot wait for my order to arrive. Shipping is always fast and free, so I will be showing off my new threads in no time. I already have one of their organic cotton gauze roll sleeve shirts, but it is a serious favorite, so I grabbed another one in black because you can never have too many favorite broken-in tees, and I pre-ordered a brushed short-sleeve lounge tee in Heather Oatmeal. It looks so comfy and relaxed, and it's basically my work uniform. It's made with 65% Lensing Eco Vera Viscose, whose fibers are derived from sustainable wood and pulp from certified and controlled sources. It's free of harmful substances, and the manufacturing cycle has been optimized to drastically reduce the environmental impact compared to traditional viscose. And lastly, I think I am most excited for my European linen short sleeve swing dress. Quince has some adorable dresses in tons of fabrics and fits, but I couldn't stop thinking about me wearing the classic seersucker style white and blue stripes down at the bay this summer. It is such a classic look for the season, and I fell in love with the breathable lightweight fabric. It gets hot in San Diego, and I am all about keeping cool while staying fashionable and affordable. And with this order, I am saving over 70% off what high-end brands would charge. So join me and get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash MLM for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's com slash MLM to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash MLM. Um, most people did either get like small business loans or get business credit cards or credit cards. That was that was a big thing. Um, there was a lot of push like just get a 12 month interest-free credit card and you'll make so much money. You'll pay it off way before the interest kicks in. That was a big one. That was probably the biggest one that people were like, Oh my God, what a great idea. Um, the other one is use your tax return. You know, it's like, Oh yeah, that money you don't need for anything else. Totally use that. Um, there obviously was the sell your breast milk. That was a real thing. That was my upline. that said that uh, My not direct upline, but you know, Tippity toppity upline. Um, there was they they encourage people to go around their house and um, pick up anything that maybe they're not using anymore and like have garage sales to you know ask family members maybe they can chip in a thousand dollars and you'll pay them back. All kinds of things. It didn't matter. It's very Scientology. Like, do you have a grandmother who's going to die soon that has you maybe in their will? Could you call us back in a month when that happens? It was like that kind of thing. Like for real. Yeah. Um, I mean,
1: same, same like situation, I guess. I just didn't realize that people were willing to do it for like $5,000. I well, feel bad asking for like a hundred dollars, like 5,000. That seems crazy.
0: Which was one of the reasons why I never actively recruited. And it was always like people that came to me. Cause I was like, <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, that's so much money. But I do remember one time I, Oh man, I should find these notes. Cause I know I have them somewhere. I did like a chat, like a team chat in my page, because it was a whole thing. Like I'm trying to get people to join my team. And like, people say it's too expensive. People say it's that people say it's that. So I went up to all my uplines because everyone above me was the top rank, right? Everyone was like ranked. So I was like, Hey, can I ask you a couple questions? Because I'm going to do a, a live chat about common misconceptions about, I guess, recruiting. And now that I'm thinking about it, it really was. Um, and I said, And it was really just talking to people that were interested to basically get them to sign, you know, not, not going out and finding people, but the ones that were coming to you with questions, like how to get them to eventually join. Yeah. Like to like overcome their objections. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'm just going to ask the top people like what they do. And then I'll just, I said, what is your best advice when trying to get people to join your team? And I'm, I kid you not that one of my uplines said, never assume that they can't afford it. And I was just like, wow. Okay. They're like, it's not your place to tell people how to spend their money. And if they want to spend $5,000 to join LuLaRoe, then they want to spend $5,000 to join LuLaRoe. And it's not your place to tell them they can't afford this. And I was like, that's your advice. Cool. I, we got told the same thing. And I was like,
1: inspired by that shit. I was like, they were like, It's God's place, not yours to decide for them whether they need this opportunity in their life or not. And then they would, they they would even go so far as being like, not everyone is as broke as you are. Some people do have the money. I'm like, I'm literally sitting here being inspired by people telling me not everyone's as broke as you are.
0: Okay, cool. Wow. It's like a compliment sandwich. You're so beautiful. (laughs) Not everyone is as broke as you are, girl. Don't be so dumb. I love you. Yep amazing so what was your ultimate like breaking point tipping point oh my god I gotta get the fuck out of here point oh man
1: are you ready for it god it's like a whirlwind so I promoted to triple in April of 2019 so I promoted in April and then the first day of May I got a call from my upline basically telling me that, like, the people in my downline who needed to be commission qualified in order for me to uh, reach my rank and get my bonus, which was a difference of like $7,000 on my paycheck. So, like, a huge difference. Um, in order for me to do that, certain people had to be commission qualified. I was willing, allegedly, to put in money for them to be commission qualified because it went to my bonus. And they told me, no, they were going to get themselves commission qualified. It was going to be fine. Well, I found out the next day that they had to be told they need to get commission qualified because they were going to not get commission qualified so that I didn't get my bonus and reach my rank. So basically they had been like, uh, I don't know, like creating this master plan behind the scenes because they had something out for me, um, to not get commission qualified at the very last minute so that I wouldn't put in the money in, but then they weren't going to get commission qualified so that I wouldn't get my bonus and so that was like a red flag to start but I was like you know what I'm just going to stay in my own lane we're just going to (laughs) keep moving along Like,
0: what's the point of that just to be a bitch
1: yes precisely that's like that's like when people portray this like sisterhood It's a sisterhood from the outside, but behind the scenes, everybody fucking hates each other. Everybody's talking shit about each other. It's not a positive environment. Like you have to like put on this positive face for your downline, but for the, like the ones at the top, it's just catty BS all the time. (laughs) So that happened in April. I stayed in my own lane, did my own thing. My husband was deploying in October. And so for like two months before his deployment, I was like doing the bare minimum with at work. So I was like posting here and there, but I was someone who had been a hundred percent present for five years. So it was like, I was always there. I was somebody that everybody could count on, you know, like if anybody need anything, I was the one. So, when I took that 2 month break, I think like it gave people a culture shock because they're like she's what are we supposed to do? Like we don't know how to do this stuff and she's not here to do it for us. Like what? So I just spent time with my family. My husband leaves. I get a call from my upline. How are you doing? It was very fresh like a week or so later. I don't know. It was very fresh. How are you doing? Like how are you holding up? How are the kids? I'm like sobbing mess at this point because it's very fresh. And, um, we go through this entire conversation, like an hour long conversation. And at the end of the phone call, she goes, okay, well, I just wanted to call and let you know that, um, I've removed you as a leader in our team page, because uh, we need a leader who's going to lead by example. And you're just not doing that right now. And at that point I was like, are you like (laughs) this team that I built by myself for five years from the literal ground up? I've never been given anything from anyone else in my upline on my team, nothing. And you're going to strip that out from under me because I'm not readily available at any given moment for you. Like this, this is a huge flag for me. And so probably a month later, um, I was talking to another girl who was in my downline and her and I had become really close um, throughout our time in the business. We didn't know each other before, but the business kind of brought us together. And I just adored her. She was a free spirit. She was funny. Like, and I was talking to her and she's just like, you know what? I will never let this business determine like what happens in our friendship. She's like, I couldn't care less. If you were in the business out, I want to be your friend regardless. And so that, that was fine. That night we talked for hours. The next day she has an enrollment and we always congratulated everyone or whatever. And so I went in and said, congratulations. My comment got deleted. And I was like, okay. So I went to text her and ask her like, is everything okay? Like, why'd you delete my comment? And my text wouldn't go through. And I was like, wait a second. So I go back to Facebook. I can't find her Facebook. I go to Instagram. Can't find her Instagram. She's blocked me and deleted me on everything. Deleted my number, blocked my number. Meanwhile, like the night before we had like a three hour conversation where we're talking about how much we love each other. We're laughing, we're crying, you know, we're going to love each other no matter what. So I'm confused. And I call my upline who kicked me out or uh, off of being a leader um, and the team page. And I'm like, do you have any idea what's going on? Like what, what happened? I just talked to her and like, everything was good. And she's like, Oh, she felt like you were being fake. You were only saying that because, um, she was financially benefiting you. That's the only reason you were congratulating her. And I'm just like, okay, so clearly this, (laughs) this person who kicked me off from being a leader is putting stuff in people's ears. And yeah. So at that point I've called my husband he was deployed and i was like i can't do it like the pandemic was happening we had three deaths very close to us there were two bomb threats at my kids schools like our car was breaking down i was alone my kids didn't understand this concept of time they didn't know when or if their dad was going to come home and i just i couldn't take it i was like i'm quitting i can't do it he was like you can't like this is like my income was our highest source of income at that point we bought a house and uh, we couldn't just like go from, you know, the lifestyle we were living to virtually nothing on a military income overnight. <laughs> like it, it wouldn't work out that way. Meanwhile, at that point, I had also bought a gym and was running an actual small business in person that I wasn't able to get a PPP loan for, but don't even get me started on that. Um, and so, yeah, I told him I was quitting and he was like, you can't, can't, whatever. And then Basically, the entire time he was deployed and for that entire next year, um, I spent it alone, like in a very dark place, just processing everything that had happened and doing it alone because, you know, I lost my all of my friends who I thought were my friends from the MLM. I was blocked from all their pages. Um, I pretty much had my neighbor. My neighbor ended up becoming my best friend and like encouraged me to speak out about it. Uh, because she saw me go through it. She saw ha- how it went. And so, finally, a year later, this past January, um, February is when I started my uh, YouTube channel and talked about it. And I realized that, like, a lot of people have the same story, but they're scared to tell it. And the, I mean, I'm just going to get on a soapbox, but I feel like People are scared to tell it, which is why more people need to tell it, because right now our voices are pretty quiet in comparison to these larger corporations. And so if we can make our voices louder and bring more attention to it, then some changes might be made that will actually be productive, like changes that they can't find their way around, like they have with all the other um, FTC regulations.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. For me, education, number one right? Like they are going to do everything in their power to get people to join. So I'm going to do everything in my power to educate those people first.
1: Mm -hmm. They'll also do everything in their power to get people to, to shut up about it. Like people who leave these companies are scared to talk about it because of threats. You know, people are threatened to be sued you know, NDAs were signed and they they don't wanna be sued. When you're suing a single person, like it's a lot scarier when you're a single person being sued by these larger corporations. But if we have a group of people collectively who are loud about what's going on behind the scenes, we're gonna have a lot more impact and be able to defend ourselves a lot better uh, against these larger corporations.
0: I absolutely agree, absolutely. So, what have you noticed, like as an anti MLM educator, content creator, personality on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram? What have you noticed um, within the last year? Change the changes you've noticed, like the growth that you've had, the people oh. that are coming, the comments that are leaving, like how, how, for me, it's been exponential. Yeah. It's just like it just kaboom. So, I'm yeah. just curious if you're seeing the same.
1: Yeah. So when I first started creating anti MLM content or telling my story, I was really hesitant because in the MLM, they've kind of convinced you that the outside just wants you to fail and that like, they don't have good intentions for you and that they hate you essentially. And so talking about it, I was scared that people were going to be like, yeah, okay. Like go ahead, monetize on the fact that you just manipulated so many people to make all this money. Like nobody feels sorry for you, which I wasn't looking for anyone to feel sorry for me. If any, like I owned up to any and everything that I know that I did, which is all the things that they're still doing. But I was pleasantly surprised when I told my story that I've had virtually no negative commentary from anyone. Everyone is just like, You know, like they applaud me for like owning up to the things that I did and talking openly about these things that are still going on. And I think that a lot of the reason people don't leave them sooner is because they think that people on the outside hate them and that they're going to be seen a certain way because of their time in the MLM. But I've also noticed, which I didn't expect, none of the huns have come after me. All the people that I'm talking about in my videos and referencing in my videos, I thought immediately they were going to be threatening me with lawsuits or whatever. No one has said a word. And I can only assume that that's because they know that I'm speaking the truth and they would have no defense against what I'm saying because like I get blocked by all of them. I'm sure they had like a team meeting and told everybody up high to block me, but I haven't heard anything from them. So it's like, if I'm lying and spewing all this nonsense, then go ahead, like, call it out. (laughs) I'm happy to, you know, talk about it with you, but nobody said anything.
0: Yeah, it's the same for me. And I'm like, if all I'm saying are lies, then like, show me the proof of the lies. Right. I'm waiting. I've put out so many call to actions to these people. I mean, I do get people, I'm sure you do, that come on your comments and they're like, you're so bitter, you know, but it's, it's. It's people who are, I mean, honestly, to me, they're giving into their cognitive dissonance a little bit, right? Because the people that are so deep in the MLM, they're not on TikTok looking at the anti-MLM hashtags. They're not following those videos. The people that leave hateful comments, they follow me, you guys. <laughs> they follow me. I'm like, you're leaving hateful comments, but you also follow me. right? And I've had emails of people being like, and I've interviewed people who were like, when I first saw you on my FYP, I hated you because you were so negative. I thought you were so negative. You were talking about my MLM and how dare you spread these lies. And then another week later, you show up on my F- FYP again. And and this video, it, it okay, but you said one thing that actually did happen to me. So okay, maybe she's not lying about all of this. And then the next video All of a sudden I'm like watching all of your videos and I'm like, "Uh oh, that happened to me too. Yep. Yep. This is the truth. Oh, I didn't know that's what that was called. Oh, I didn't understand that company did it too. And they're like, and now you've changed my life. Yeah. So I know there are people that are even listening to this podcast right now that are like, I only listen because these people are stupid who are going, uh oh, that happened to me. And are and that cognitive dissonance, please listen to it. Listen to that cognitive dissonance that is your Jiminy Cricket being like hey, they're only trying to help you. They don't hate you. They hate the scam. Yeah, for sure. I did the same thing.
1: Like, I didn't even know the anti-MLM community was like a thing. Even when I posted my first video, I didn't even know that that was a thing. But I just got swarmed with all these like supportive people. So even if I get like, oh, you're just bitter, blah, blah, blah. My people are like on them. They're like, oh, uh, excuse me. Like she was at the top of the company. Like What? So I'm just like, these people are actually more supportive than the people who are like in the MLM with me, because you know, that if it was the other way around, nobody would come to your defense because they don't want to be part of that, the, the negative aspect of the drama, because, you know, if someone doesn't agree with you, it's just them being negative. We've learned that like self-development, you just have to be positive all the time. So they wouldn't come to your defense. They don't want to be a part of that. But this anti-MLM community, they're just like, uh-uh, you are not talking to our girl like that. <laughs>
0: it's so wonderful. Like I have the greatest fans. You have the greatest fans. A lot of them are the same people. And yeah, they are some of the most amazing people. I love it when like we talk about cognitive dissonance or we talk about different things and then it shows up in videos or comments and they are like, wait a second we learned about this last week you're not going to pull the wool over our eyes and they educate and they educate compassionately and they're not name calling Mm -hmm. and they're calling out they're like no that's not true you know um it's really amazing and and i love that they're also compassionate because i i never want to block people i think that's ridiculous unless you're creepy and horrible i'm not going to block you because you might not need my message today But when you need it later, I want you to be able to find it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny you say that, like, uh, that people are recognizing these terms that they didn't understand or know existed before, because I didn't know what uh, faith manipulation was before I got out. And the entire time I was in it, works, I, I thought I was like the strongest in my faith I'd ever been like, this was a Christian based company. Like this is where God wants me, or he wouldn't give me so many of these like biblical signs. Right. We had uh, worship services at all of our conferences, you know, the CEO and his wife are always talking about like being led by Christ and everything like that. And I'm just like, man, God just put this blessing in my life for a reason but they know that. And that's why they feed on this, like this faith aspect of it, because they want to manipulate you. You see the word Christian based company and you're like, wow, like they're not going to steer me wrong because they're led by God, you know, and you see all these leaders who I know behind the scenes do not lead, lead a Christian lifestyle, but on social media, they talk about God and scripture all the time because it makes them look like, you know, an upstanding citizen. They just are like doing their part by God.
0: Absolutely. Oh my God. Yes. It's those religious dog whistles and that affinity fraud Mm -hmm. that they are using it specifically to get you to, to pull you in, to be like, Hey, we we love you. Yeah. Because they know
1: too, that like the people who, who have a strong faith or believe that they have a strong faith, that they will be moved by anything that they quote from scripture or anything that they claim about being a Christian company, they're going to latch onto that and run with it.
0: I, I can't believe that they did that to you. That is so, that, that is so, it pisses me off so much. Yeah. It's, it was terrible, especially
1: because like I, they were like my only friends, you know, like you shut everybody who's not in the MLM kind of like push them to the side. Even if you're not like shutting them out, you're like pushing them to the side because the MLM is like your life. So they were like all that
0: I had. And then that was just like slap in the face. Yeah. That happened to me too. The same exact thing where I had had a conversation, like an upline had reached out to me. She she was super Mormon and wonderful, wonderful girl, wonderful. And she was like, oh, I hear you're leaving. That's so sad because we become so close. And I was like, yeah. And someone had talked crap about her kids in like a post like earlier that day. And I was like, I'm so sorry, people are being so mean to you. Like, I don't think that's okay. Thank you so much for understanding. And she's like, you're so wonderful. Of course, we'll always be friends, et cetera, et cetera. And then I remember going to talk to her the next day and being blocked. And like crying over it. And I was like, the thing to me was you say you're Mormon, Christian, religious, it doesn't matter. You say you're like this, that this is who you are. This is how you are. This is how I live my life. I'm living it like this on Instagram. I'm living like this on Facebook. I'm speaking in a tone that's congruent to the way that I live my life. But then you why lie to me why go out of your way to lie to me you didn't have to say anything and what you should have said was nothing but instead she came to me told me how much she loved me told me how important I was to her told me I would she would always be there for me if I ever needed her for anything and then she blocked me
1: because she wants to make it look like from the outside that that she's, she's a good person. She doesn't think you're going to go the next day and see that she blocked you. So she wants to make herself look good. Like that she's there for you, that she's supportive
0: of you, hoping that you don't realize. It was so hurtful. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm over it now. In fact, in fact, there was like a rumor about them recently. They were like, we've got a big announcement. And I was like, holy shit. And I ran to our chat, And I saw that she had unblocked me. And I do not know at what point in the last four years that she had unblocked me, but she had unblocked me. And I thought, oh my God, are they leaving? No, 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 no. Her husband just went back to work. And that was the announcement was that he was, you know, whatever. Like who makes these, like put that in, I I have no idea, but put that in like a regular perspective. Okay. Like say your husband in the military was about to promote You wouldn't the day before go on social media with like a totally staged, ridiculous photo of the two of you being like totally relatable and then be like, huge announcement coming tomorrow. Stay tuned. That is ridiculous. It's absolutely asinine. Nobody does that. It's weird. Got promoted and people are like, why did you do this 24 hour drag out to be like, he got promoted? Like that's the weirdest thing ever. Nobody cares people think people think people care nobody cares yeah it's weird
1: because they think their life they think that the world revolves around them so they think like like we were always taught to tell our teams like if you take one day off it takes three days to like like bring come back from that and like thinking about it now, like nobody, nobody can tell that you took a day off. Like nobody on the outside is like, Oh, this MLM hunt hasn't posted for a day. Like, "Mm, I wonder what's going on. No, nobody pays attention. Nobody cares. Has anyone come forward for you and, uh, and told you that they left?
0: Oh yeah. All the time. All the time. Oh, wait, wait. The people that That made the announcement or just in general? No,
1: just in general. Like people who you knew within the company after you spoke out, did they come to you and be like, thanks girl?
0: Um, yeah. And yes and no. I mean, I do get messages all the time from people that were like, I saw the vice documentary. I saw Lula rich. I've been following you. I finally left my MLM slash Lula slash abusive, whatever, which is wonderful. I love it. Keep them coming. It's amazing. It's, it's so wonderful. Um, but not specifically somebody, I don't really think specifically somebody that I knew that was like, girl, you're the one, like, I don't think that's really happened. Um, but there definitely have been people that have left that I was very close with that had blocked me, that got out and left. And when I heard, because it was like, I heard that they had left because they were leaders too. I reached out to them and I said, <laughs> I just messaged, I said, are the rumors True question mark, question mark, you know, and they got back to me. They're like, oh my God, yes, we're out. We're so excited that we're out. Um, and we became friends again and we're still friends now and it's wonderful. And she always comments on my Lularo stuff. She's just like, yep. But I'm not, I don't think I'm the reason they got out. I think they just saw the light. We definitely reconnected and are friends again.
1: How do the ranks work in LuLaRoe? Like you talk, like you didn't really recruit, but you were like toward the top are making a significant income. So like, how did that work? Cause like, you couldn't even get to the first rank in our company without um, a downline and yeah. you weren't making a significant amount of income until you had at least like 30
0: people in your downline. Yeah. So when I say that I didn't recruit, it's just that I wasn't the one going out and like actively looking for people. They literally would just come to me. They'd be like, after like a big weekend sale or something. Cause I'd be like, oh my God, check out my packages. They'd be like, I've been watching you for a couple months. I need to do this. Can I join your team? So, I mean, I quote unquote recruited. I had people underneath me, but I was not the one actively going out. They just would, it was wild. Um, So in LuLaRoe, if you have one person underneath you, you are a sponsor. And that is the first leadership rank is sponsor. And as long as they qualify your commission, like your bonus qualified is the people underneath you, you know. You can get a bonus off of that person if you, if you both qualify, whatever, once you get 10 people underneath you and they don't all have to be on the same line, they don't all have to be direct, but you have to have at least three of them have to be direct. And then the remaining seven would have to be under those three directs in some way. And then a coach is the next rank and you have to have three trainers on three separate lines to hit coach. And then the next rank is mentor. And to hit mentor, you have to have three qualified trainers on three separate lines and three qualified coaches on three separate lines. So, it's so you have a lot. to have six legs at some point. You, like, you have to have at want... least six legs, at least six qualifying
1: legs. See to be a us, mentor. Like I think I couldn't even tell you how many people I actively recruited in my time in, but hundreds, okay? But we were you guys like able to place distributors in different locations in order to promote okay so for us it was like you enroll someone and then like for pretty much every rank you have to have two or three main legs so it doesn't sound bad but when you're transferring these people you're transferring them lower and lower and lower so you're getting paid less and less and less on them So that's their way of like paying you less, but it sounds like it's a good thing because you can transfer anywhere to help yourself promote, but you'd probably be better off just keeping them on your front line and hoping that one of them takes off.
0: (laughs) But yeah, so I did, it works. It was the very first MLM I ever did for like two months or so. And it was so unbelievably complicated. I I hit the first rank of whatever it is very quickly. The only thing I ever did, I hit it within like the first month. And then never really did anything else. I felt very silly. It was when the the crazy rap thing was very popular. Never even had the skinny coffee. Uh, That was not even a thing. I left even before the energy drink. So it's like, I was like, I don't know about this. I don't think people want to buy fat wraps from me. I just don't think they do. (laughs) For me, I thought it was really what, that was one of the MLMs that I experienced where when someone joins, you have a certain amount of time to put them anywhere. For the yeah, strategic like building of a team. Literal
1: building of a pyramid. Like, Literally. <laughs> yeah. So it's like nobody understands the charting process. Like I understood it because I spent hours upon hours researching and like trying to understand it. But the average person is not going to do that. So somebody who joins, they're going to get overwhelmed after the first rank because after the first rank, Okay. First ranks two distributors after that, it's like, you got to have one leg that has three and then one leg that has one and then a qualified box. And it's just like, nobody's going to take the time to try to understand that. But I think that they do that for a reason because, you know, like they want these comp plans to be so complicated that people don't dig into them to realize the probability of them actually making money and how much money is actually being made. Not to mention they never update the numbers. So nobody ever knows the accuracy of anything
0: that they're posting, which is annoying. It's, it's absolutely wild. I was reading, I mean, I read so many comp plans, but I was reading one the other day that had these asterisks. And when you went down to the bottom, it was telling you like these ridiculous stats. And I'm like, nobody goes all the way down here to look at these, to find out that like 90% of people didn't do this. And 70% of people that joined the year before didn't make a purchase this year. And it's like, these are really telling statistics. And they were sort of like, they weren't weren't in black, they were in gray. So it seemed even more like, oh, I don't even care about that grade text. Like you can't even put it in black. It's probably not even worth reading. And then someone else might look at this and go, this is so unbelievably complicated. I'm math dumb, I'll never understand this. And then they won't wanna look at it or they look at it and it's so unbelievably complicated. Even if they are good at math, they're like, this doesn't even make sense. My math's gotta be off somewhere. Yeah. It's complicated on purpose. Yep. And it's not permanent. No. You've got to redo it every first of the month. It starts back at zero and you've got to requalify for everything all over again. Who thinks that's more profitable or easier than just going to work and coming home and shutting it off? Um,
1: the people at the top of the company who don't have to do all of that work. <laughs> that's why they have us little minions who do it. So they get their paychecks because it is more profitable for them than actually having to work for anything.
0: Absolutely amazing. You are just so wonderful.
1: Oh, you are just so wonderful. Thank
0: you. (laughs) Thank you for like one, like talking to me and like being so candid and sharing so much. I think so many people learned so much today about what it actually looks like at the top.
1: Yeah, um, I really hope so. Because yeah, I think it's a, a unique perspective on what really happens. You know, like, of course, the people who got in and didn't make anything, they have a unique perspective as well. But like people like us kind of surpassed that because we were so brainwashed that we just moved right along past it. Whereas, you know, like when we get to our stage in the business, it's, it's a very different perspective than those at the bottom. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. So, um, at the very end of these, I like to, answer, I like to ask these rapid fire questions and they're never rapid. So take your time and answer. I was going to say, I don't know if my anxiety
1: can handle rapid. So can we just like tone it down like 0.2
0: speed? <laughs> so one word that encompasses how you feel about multi-level marketing.
1: Oh, one word, man, This this is hard. Um,
0: deceiving excellent word uh a warning or a piece of advice to somebody who wants to join an mlm
1: um to actually read into depth the um income disclosure statement don't just skim over it but actually look at the numbers and see what they mean
0: what is the worst mlm in your opinion oh gosh there's too many (laughs) Can I just like,
1: uh, name a few? (laughs) Okay. So obviously I have a lot of hatred for it works because I saw a lot that was going on behind the scenes. So we'll start there. I'll say number two would be, um, the Amer global, the wellness, uh, mental health, um, MLM, the ones who provide mental health supplements, basically just to prey on those who have mental health issues. Oh my god. Um, yeah, it's disgusting. I have an entire video on it. You should watch it. And I actually have the video because someone tried to uh manipulate me and gaslight me and try to sign me up as a distributor without me knowing.
0: So Oh my god. Okay, we're linking that in the show <laughs> notes. You guys can watch that after you listen to this. Oh my god.
1: Yeah, it's terrible. I hate that one. And then the third one, like I said there's many, but I'll just do 3 today. Um, probably Melaleuca, mainly because their like claim to fame is that they're not an MLM. And they I've literally had people in Melaleuca come to me and be like, oh my God, thank you for speaking out about MLMs. Like I cannot stand MLMs. I'm so anti MLM. I'm so glad that our CEO is so anti MLM. And they're with Melaleuca. And
0: I'm like, honey, that's an MLM. What are you doing? Yes, Melaleuca has successfully brainwashed and controlled minds of their reps to tell them that it's not an MLM when it's 100% an MLM. And I've proved it and I'm sure you've proved it too. Oh yeah. I have an entire
1: video on that too. <laughs> Is Melaleuca an MLM? And hundred percent. Yes. I just hate that. Like they use that in order to recruit people. Like they will make a post. that's like, are you sick and tired of the the MLM industry and want to get out? Like contact me for an income opportunity. I'm like, that's so predatory. Like you're preying on the people who had bad experiences in an MLM to recruit them to your MLM.
0: It's literally like, you're sick and tired of eating hamburgers. Come over here because I've got cheeseburgers. Exactly. Literally. (laughs) the (laughs) Uh, The hardest lesson that you learned while you were in MLM.
1: Oh man. There's a lot of lessons that I learned. I will say though, I mean, I'll tell you my, my lesson I learned, but I do want to say that not everything that came from it was bad. Like, I feel like I did pick up a lot of good skills within the MLM that were like valid to use in the real world. (laughs) But I also learned a lot of lessons too. I'm just trying to think of like, which one was like the best lesson to learn, I guess to not take advice from someone who's financially benefiting from you. You know, because they're going to tell you what they want you to hear because they're going to make money from you.
0: Yeah, the financial motivation of the people in your ear should be a little bit of a red flag. You should look into that. Mm -hmm. And then exactly what you just said is the last question. It's my favorite question that we have. Is your positive takeaway from your time in MLM? Um, I know it sounds cliche, but
1: I feel like I was meant to make it to the top, to like be able to share everything that happened behind the scenes because a lot of people don't have the courage yet to come out and talk about it if they were at the top. And so I feel like I was meant to do that because I do have the courage now after a very long time of healing. <laughs> to talk about it and to poke fun at myself and to use my following to actually, you know, accomplish something that is going to hopefully someday help a lot of people. I mean, it already has, like you said, I have people reach out to me on the daily, just like, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge. You know, I left my MLM and I have one that I'm like so proud of that I can't wait until she allows me to speak on it because I featured her in one of my videos and it was a terrible, terrible thing that she did. And I got an email from her, um, like right after I posted it and she was like heartbroken that I posted it and like deleted all of her social media and was just like devastated and humiliated. And so I ended up taking the video down because I was just like, that's not what I'm here to do. That's not what I want to do. Like I blur all their identities because I don't want that. And then, um, few months later takes me to like a couple weeks ago, I get uh, an Instagram message from her and she like thanking me for doing that because it's like going to make me cry. <laughs> she got out of her MLM because I made that video about her. So she was able to like see from an outsider's perspective, how it looked that wh- what she was doing. So
0: <laughs> I can't amazing. wait until she lets me talk about it. <laughs> That's amazing. I can't wait until yeah. I get to actually hear the whole story because Oh my God, what a great little teaser for everybody.
1: Yeah. And she was like at the top of the company too. So it's like, even she had even more um, reason to like, just block me and not entertain it at all. But the fact that it actually like hit her so hard that she was able to have some like self-awareness and, and leave was like, yeah,
0: it hit me hard. (laughs) That's, that's awesome. That's so awesome. I love what you're doing. I am such a fan of yours. I follow you on all the socials because you're amazing. So please tell everybody else who also fell in love with you where they can find you uh, so um, that we can all follow you.
1: Yeah, on all social media platforms, I'm the Jessica Hickson. And on Instagram or on uh, YouTube, I'm just Jessica Hickson.
0: And then the last thing I wanted to mention, because I think it's amazing what you're doing, is your, your Facebook recovery group. Can you tell us about that so that people can join? Yeah.
1: So when I uh, left my company and started making these videos, people would always ask me if I know of any like post MLM resources where they can like connect with other people going through it. Because like I said, your entire life is the business. And when you cut out the real world people, you have no one to lean on when you decide to leave. So people kept asking and asking and I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to go look and see if there's like a a page for that I found one page that was not very active and I was like, you know what I'm just going to create my own page so I created a page called um, the light at the end of the pyramid and it's just um, full of a bunch of people who are trying to navigate life after an mlm And kind of figure out how to feel feelings again, how to recover from everything that they went through in the MLM, whether the bottom of the pyramid or the top of the pyramid, like everyone's affected in a different way. And it's been really good. There's engaging content on there every single day, people just connecting and comparing stories that
0: all just come to the same conclusion amazing i love that i cannot wait to meet all kinds of survivors in that group and i mean obviously that's the perfect group for the listeners of this podcast because that's what we're talking about is our life after mlm and how we got there so absolutely you can find all of jessica's socials and links to everything we talked about in the show notes as always thank you so much jessica for spending your day with me it was such a pleasure
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I really can't see me. I'm waving my hand.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and share with all of your anti-MLM friends as well. See you next time.